Opinions expressed in this episode are personal. They do not necessarily reflect the views of this streaming platform. Good day, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Let's Be Diverse. I am your host, Andrew Stout. This episode is dedicated to all my loved ones who have supported me through this journey. In our increasingly complex world, we often encounter a multitude of challenges that can leave us feeling overwhelmed and disappointed. Many of the things that concern us today are clearly beyond our control, yet we cannot seem to stop worrying about them. However, worrying about what we cannot control is not a wise use of our limited energy. Our topic today is Circle of Influence, and my guest to help me discuss this today is Alicia Johnson. Now, Alicia is an experienced senior leader and operations manager. She is passionate about discussions on making your vision a priority and putting a value on things that are important to you. She is sincere, compassionate, and authentic. Welcome to the show, Alicia. It is wonderful to have you on here today. Well, thank you so much, Andrew. It's wonderful to be here. It's been great. How are things in your world? What's going on over there? Oh, boys. Well, you know what? We're having some beautiful weather for September. I definitely wasn't expecting such nice weather. And I know we talk about the weather all the time in the Maritimes, but Mm -hmm. oh, it is just, it's awesome. I'm loving the sunshine. I can enjoy a little bit what's left of uh, summer. So definitely Mm -hmm. very happy about that. I can't complain. Yeah, no, not when you're getting nice weather. I wouldn't be complaining. (laughs) Yes, we in Canada, we do only have a limited amount of time of nice weather before the cold hits. I'm not going to say that bad W word, but I know uh, we try to enjoy as much time. I do like summer. I am turning into a little bit of a a fall person as well, because I do like it uh, cool in the mornings and evenings and warm during the day. I just enjoy that. So when it's like seven o'clock in the morning and it's already 28 degrees outside, it's nice if you're going to be spending out the day outside, but if you're trying to do some work outside or whatever, it's not the funnest, I would say. You're sweating pretty good uh, when it's warm out. So I do starting to enjoy the fall as I get older. Yes, no, I agree with you. And it's nice to go out with your coffee in the morning. And you're right, that, that sweating is only good if you're at a pool or you're near a beach or you're in the gym. That's pretty yeah. much it, right? <laughs> yes, I, I agree with you on all three of those things for sure, for sure. So before we begin, I always have a fun question to ask my guests to get things going. Are you ready Ooh. for yours? Yes, I love surprises. <laughs> well, your, your question is, why is it that, a, that round pizzas always come in a square box? Oh, boy. Wow. That's a really good question. And I would say, I don't know if they could create a really good round box. I think a square box, I think they like the idea of the square, right? Because we always talk about everything being square in life, you're in a box. You know what I mean? That idea that you're in a box. And I think that they like the idea of putting a round pizza in that box, that square box. So I don't have a really good answer for that. That was a good one, a good surprise. But I would say that they haven't created the optimal circle box for a pizza at this point. And they like to stick to what they know. And that's the square. 
Well, you just said that you didn't have a good answer, but um, I'm pretty impressed with your answer. I did not expect that in-depth of thought for that, so that's pretty good. I, I, I'm pretty impressed. Oh, good. <laughs> I'm pretty impressed with that one. Check mark in the box. Yeah, check, check, <laughs> check mark one for one check for Alicia on today's episode. So, Alicia, why don't we start off our fun discussion today with you telling us a little bit about you and your story? Yes, no, definitely. So, I don't know how far back I can go, but to really start the story, but you know what? I'm not going to, like I said, I'm not going to try and age myself here, but I'm going to go back to the beginning. So I grew up in a really small town, or I guess it would probably be considered a village outside Mm -hmm. of Truro, Nova Scotia, for those people that know Nova Scotia well. Um, You know, at that time, we didn't have devices and fun things that kids have now. So I spent a lot of time in nature because my parents, they have a property in the country. Um, So we spent a lot of time outside building forts and exploring nature and playing with animals and and this and that. So um, this brings me to a story my parents told me a long time ago about myself. So this is really the foundation, I think, of who I am. But I guess apparently as a kid, we had a lot of neighborhood children nearby. And they used to come over to my parents because they had a big property. And my parents were really about get-togethers and gathering at their home. So these kids would always come over and they said pretty much every day I would get all these kids together and I would sit them on a log and I would spend the day trying to teach them things and organizing them. And essentially, my parents said, you were basically a leader before you knew what a leader was. And this dates back to being a very small child. And I, I have siblings as well. So I'm the oldest so maybe that also came naturally, but they I remember them telling me that story and I thought, wow, because I just really have a big passion for people. I've always, whether it's helping them, supporting them, being an advocate, um, helping them find solutions, whatever it is, leading people. But um, I thought that was really a really neat story that that's something innately I was doing as a young child with the neighborhood kids. Even if it happened to be that we were just discussing how we were going to build this fort or maybe get away with things that our parents uh, would find out about later. But anyway, either way, it was, yeah, it was a great story. It's a good foundation point because I think it leads me to why I'm doing what I'm doing currently. So if I go to the next, I guess, part of the story, I started out, I think it was 2005-ish. So as a personal trainer, so my reasoning behind getting into that field of fitness and helping people, it dates back to, I've always had some struggles with uh, depression, anxiety. Before we really would talk about mental health, mental wellness, before that, now we talk a lot about it, but at that time it wasn't something we discussed. But I found fitness and being in the gym or being active, even with sports, really helped me. It was like a tool that I could use to create some positivity and really help me with those mental health concerns at the mm-hmm. time. And, even, and obviously now too. I'm still in that fitness industry. But uh, so yeah, so I became a personal trainer. And I really wanted to support people, whether it was weight loss, or just a fitness journey that they had that had to do with something physical, or if it was mental health, maybe it was nutrition, what it was. But uh, that was something I've always been really passionate about. And I felt like I had a good handle on my own experience with it. And I could share that with people. So I was a personal trainer for quite a while. And also a group fitness instructor, because I really love the energy 
that you can bring into a room when you come in and you're excited and you're full of passion and you're really just so happy to see these people in the room that are there. They're, they're seeking something from you to uh, really propel them in their day, whether it's a good sweaty workout, maybe it's a good chat after class, whatever it is. That's always been something that's been important to me. So moving on from that, I then became a manager in the fitness industry or a leader, I guess we'll say. And that was that next step. So first I started with the more hands-on one in class setting fitness journey. And then it was really looking at how can I be an advocate for the people and really impact and influence people to then go out and impact and influence other people and share their stories because the people I've worked with over the years, they have their own journeys and their stories. And I just wanted to be able to utilize what I've learned and my experiences and my tools of use, like I said, with fitness to really impact those people. So they go out there and they could do that too, because most of the people I do work with are extremely passionate about people as well. And I felt like it was the best way for me to use my gift of my passion and my empathy and all the things that I really have that I think, like I said, make me that advocate for the people or that leader, maybe an, I'll say an unintentional leader because it wasn't my plan, but I knew I just, I wanted to help influence people to be better in their lives and then to impact the people in their circle so that everybody could be a bit better. So mm. yeah, so that's a little bit about my story from mm. beginning to now, I guess. Mm. I love, there's some golden nuggets in there that, that things that I just love. First of all, I was like you when I was younger. I was always outside when I was younger. We didn't have weird video games, but it wasn't a, it was like a thing that you'd played at the end or in the evening when the sun was down. But during the day, I was pretty much at the pool all day. I would come home, hang out and then have supper. And then I'd head back at the pool till the pool would close at nine o'clock and then I was still outside. We'd, I'd maybe go back and change and then we'd be outside again playing some sort of game tag or what have you. So I was like you outside all the time. And the other thing that I love is you talking about what your parents said about you is seeing you sitting and talking with a bunch of people and you learned to be a leader right away. I think that a lot of people don't realize that leadership comes from way, way back or when they think of stuff. Sometimes people realize, oh, wow, maybe I was a leader because this is what I did when I was younger. So I think that's great. And then the other thing that uh, hit me as well is you being a leader now in your adulting life, you've realized two key components to be a great leader, which is empathy and influence. And I believe that those are two main cogs in a leader that will help to develop their people underneath them. And if you have that, most people will pretty much go through a wall for you because they trust and respect what you are doing for them. Absolutely. I absolutely agree on that one. I think that it's important to uh, make sure that you have that within yourself. And I think a little bit of vulnerability too, I think is a key as well. Yes, I, I definitely agree with you on the vulnerability because I found that was something that I found was a bit challenging in the beginning because as a leader, you want to always show that front that you 
have control and you were able to lead the way and protect and prepare and all these things. So it's almost like that level of wanting to appear perfect. So it's less human. And I think one of my favorite books is Daring Greatly by Brene Brown. And she has uh, a part in it where she talks about vulnerability is letting it all hang out. And that's the thing you always fear as a leader is you sometimes just don't want people to see you making mistakes or maybe see you, I guess, as being human because you're afraid that they'll lose that respect or that trust for you. But it actually works in the complete opposite way. I've found that it's built huge bonds and made you appear much more human. And when people can connect with you on that level, because they're like, oh, she's going through all of that and she's still able to lead the team or she's still able to help coach me because I I do one-on-one coaching too. So they're able to just have that really in-depth, genuine connection with you because then they feel like you're more human. So I think vulnerability, I I love that point. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a essential one in leadership. It is because I think you, people think that we have to be, we use that word perfect or perfection. And I don't think perfect exists in anything that I do. Use an example on a review when you're filling out your stuff and you're telling what you think, how you think you did. I mean, I would never, and I have never put a 10. The highest I would go is probably a nine because 10, that means that I'm perfect. And I know that I'm not perfect. I know that nobody's perfect. And 10 leaves you with no room for improvement. So I always would put in the highest as a nine. So I definitely agree with you on the vulnerability part as well. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think that nine out of 10, I like that idea of that, why you grade yourself like that, because I think it, yes, it leaves no room for improvement. And it also, I think as a leader, we should always be striving to continue to be a student. We should always continue to strive to be learning and trying to grow. And I think if we say, hey, I'm a 10 out of 10 on this now, I don't need to learn anything else. I'm good. I'm an expert. I really think we're shooting ourselves in the foot with that. And I think it also shows something to our people. We want them to strive to be always wanting to continue to learn more because you could hold a value or you could hold a belief Um, about something and some new information can definitely change that. But if you're not open to that or growing or learning and being that student, you're not going to get that information. You're not potentially going to be able to maybe get closer to your goals or to become better at at something or to be able to help someone more with something. So I I love that point as well. So our topic today, like I said earlier, is circle of influence. So I'd like you to explain to our audience what is the meaning of circle of influence in your opinion? Yeah. So in in my opinion, when I think of like the meaning of circle of influence, I think of those things essentially that we have control over, things that we can directly impact, things that we can directly influence. And I'll give you some examples just to give some clarity, but it could be something like your behavior It could be how we interact, whether it's with our clients, with our teammates, with our family. It could be the relationships we have with other people. Mm -hmm. It could be also our responsibilities. So whether it's personal responsibilities, it's workplace, team, environment, responsibilities. Essentially, the meaning to me is being proactive and acting on what I can control. 
Like, what are those controllables? How do I find solutions for them? And how do I not allow that, those things to become a problem, right? I'm ahead of them. I'm not reactive. I'm proactive. So yeah, I hope that gave you some, gives the uh, audience a little bit of clarity on my view on it. But Mm. that's what I would say in my own words. I love that being, I love when you said being proactive on what I can control. I do believe that a lot of people don't feel that they are in control in a lot of situations and they actually are. I'll use an example of somebody working in an uh, industry or in a job that they are not happy in, they don't like, uh, it's not a safe environment for them. And they feel, a lot of people feel like they are not in control of their situation and when it comes to that. But in reality, they are. Because once you figure out that you're in control of your own narrative, then you can start to begin to uh, figure out what are the steps that we can do to get out of those situations. So I just loved that being proactive on what we can control. Absolutely. And I think big role of us as leaders, whether it's a leader in our life or a leader in the workplace, is empowering people to realize that they have that power and they have that control over their circumstances. I think that's a huge role that we don't even realize sometimes as leaders that we have and really intuitively knowing before people even get to that point, maybe say on your team, for example, um, before they get overwhelmed and they get maybe stressed out about something or completing something or feeling maybe disengaged that you with your empathy you're able to intuitively know and you have those strong bonds with those people so you are starting to sense that before it even happens and you're able to help empower them to make a decision and for example whether it's to stay or to go or to do something different or or what have you. And you're saying proactive. I just love what you just said there too. I agree with you. A good leader will notice these things. Somebody's walking around or they just don't seem themselves for a short amount of time. They're like, well, Sally just doesn't seem herself. I don't know what's going on, but I'm going to have a conversation and see if there's anything that's going on or see if there's anything that I can help with. It doesn't mean that there's going to be anything that you can help with. Maybe Sally just needs to vent and she just needs somebody to listen. She doesn't necessarily need a solution to what's going on with her. Sometimes even talking it out can help but just being like you said proactive and taking that person aside and trying to figure out if there's something that you can do or something you can help them out and like you said not happy with what they're doing then helping them to grow and figure out okay what do you think that you would like to do or try to help them and maybe it's not staying in your organization maybe it's moving on to another organization or it's maybe just moving from one position to another position Maybe they'd be happier doing something else rather than what they're doing. So I think it's very important to be proactive. Absolutely. Absolutely. I agree with that. So how does the circle of influence affect the workplace? Well, I think you have to look at the foundation. So a a healthy culture in a workplace, right? We talk about this. You read things, you see things posted about culture a lot. And when I think about a really healthy, positive, like a good culture. I think about people that come together that have shared values and a shared vision. And they've sat down, they've agreed upon these things, they've discussed them, they've communicated them. So, and then in that team environment, they've focused their efforts combined 
towards these shared visions. So if you're somebody that's a leader, like I said earlier, we talked about the empathy. You're, you're somebody that intuitively you're there, you know how to support people and you see things about them that have changed behavior wise that might not be obvious to others and might not be Mm -hmm. obvious to them. I think also the vulnerability part. So you as a leader are, maybe you see people in, in your workplace that maybe aren't communicating with you or aren't able to communicate things because they're feeling like they have to do, they have to appear perfect or they have to do a job well. Um, and they think that they can't come to you because of how you appear. So sharing with them, maybe, you know, like maybe it's a project you're working on and you can easily share where, you know, I'm also feeling a bit overwhelmed about this deadline and this project. And I'm feeling a bit overwhelmed about us being able to complete this. And maybe that we might not have all the right people on the team to be able to get to this goal. And then that there builds that trust with them, I think, and that respect So then they're able to share and then you can go from there. I think also, I guess the biggest piece would be really knowing your people. So do you know your people? Have you been curious about them? Have you asked questions? Do you remember things about them? Have you listened to them? I'd like to believe that in any situation, whether it's uh, my personal circle of friends, my workplace, or having my clients, I know these people and I know what they need from me. So I'm really intentional about how I nurture those relationships with them and being, like Mm -hmm. I said, intuitive. And then I have very open communication with them. So they know and trust that they can come to me with things, anything. And that when there are issues or concerns that maybe they're dealing with or that I've noticed, we can sit down and we can put pen to paper. And that's probably my favorite way to really work with the team on things that we can control. What can we control? What can't we control? Let's put it to paper. Let's brainstorm it. It's all here. So whether it's personal or it's professional, we put it all here. And then we start circling the things. What can I control? Is this a controllable thing? Is this a not controllable? I can't control the weather. I can't control the traffic. I can't control, you know, um, that my child didn't sleep last night. My dog's sick. There there are a lot of... things that you can't control personally. And then the workplace, you can't always control how other people are behaving, how other people, their work ethic, how a client might be with you, their behavior towards you, how they're feeling that day, how they interact with you. But you can control how you feel, interact, and deal with them. So I really feel like putting that pen to paper is the essential, I guess, tool piece um, for then deciding as a team, what can we control and what can't we control? And then once we've decided those things, we can brainstorm together as a team. If we have that strong relationship that I talked about, all those points, and we can move forward with solutions at that point. Because I think when you don't have a healthy culture, so I never really enjoy using the word toxic, but if you don't have a a culture where you can do that with your manager, your leader, your teammates, with your family, friends, whoever, then you're lacking that communication, that relationship, the trust, all of those essential items of vulnerability. And you're going to be stuck in believing and being overwhelmed that everything on your list is out of your control and you have no power over it. 
So I think, yeah, I think that's essentially, I guess, what I would say, how it really plays a part in the workplace. And I think as a leader, having those, even if it, even before it even you see that things are going on or happening, if you have big deadlines, you have things that are coming up or you have a busy month or you have really difficult clients or I'll use the C word COVID, lots of chaos and challenge, you proactively make that list. What are some roadblocks that could come into sight that might impact our collective goal or might impact our vision? So what are we going to prepare for beforehand? Because when it happens, we don't want to be reactive. We want to be ahead of it. And then everyone all everyone feels supported. And, and I feel like the team then feels like they have the power to make good decisions. And when those things then happen, they're like, oh, yes, I remember we, we discussed this, we have this plan. And I, I think people really like to know that they have, it's almost like they can fall back on something and that they have that plan and, and they're prepared. And that's really what a healthy culture is. And I think any leader that really wants their organization or even if it's their own business to grow and prosper and the people to be happy and be successful, I think that's something that should be practiced because I don't think it's something that you do once and you're great at. I think it takes a lot of practice and everyone on your team is going to be a little bit different and going to obviously engage differently and communicate differently. But I think it's a really great practice. And mm -hmm. even if you're not a pen and per paper person, if you want to do it digitally or however you'd like to, I guess, capture it, I'm just a little old school that way. I like pen and paper, but uh, I think it's, I think that's how it really, really has to play out in the workplace. Lisha, those are some amazing things that you said there. So I love the healthy culture. I am a, I am huge on communication and I believe that a healthy culture will create uh, open communication. I think that if you are a leader who is always in a situation where you're door is closed and you're not available I think your staff or people around you will notice that and that I think takes a big huge effect on the happenings in the organization as well as far as engagement so I think having that like I said a healthy culture open communication will increase that um, engagement as well and putting things to pen and paper, I love that uh, thought process because I, you are totally correct. Uh, when you have stuff on paper, it's almost like when you're setting goals, right? You're sitting down, you're setting a goal for the next six months or the next three months, next six months, next year, next five years. It's always fun to look back and see, hey, this is what you put down that you wanted to do. And hey, you said you wanted to be a manager of one of the clubs in, in a year. Look where you are now. You're a manager now. So it's inspiring when you do that. So I totally agree with all your points there. Awesome. Yeah. And, and I think I'm a keeper of all things. So I have a lot of my old journals where I've written down goals. And when, when you're feeling down, I think that's another thing I've mentioned to people. I say, keep it, keep those journals or keep those notepads that you've written those goals. Could be anything at all that you've written down. And when you're feeling maybe that you haven't gotten to where you want to be, or I'm so far behind, or I just don't feel good about myself, I'm having just a day, pull out one of those from a year ago or 
a month ago or whatever, and look at what you've crossed off. Look at what you have achieved already. I'm telling you that right there is a tool that I've used a lot with myself even. Mm -hmm. And it's, it brings so much joy. And it's that moment where you're like, Hey, it's like an aha. Like I have come so far. It's just, I think as humans, we forget pretty quickly about those things. Then we focus again on maybe the things that aren't going well. And I think mm-hmm. when you're able to keep it and look back at it like that in those moments, it helps propel you, but gives you that, I don't know, I guess I'll say like an energy or like a boost to keep going, to move forward. Especially if you're someone, you're starting a business and you're trying to get coaching clients, what have you, and you're thinking, oh, I'm just not getting there. I'm not making the impact I want to make. Look back at all the little things, all the small steps that you've already achieved to get there. And you'd be amazed at what that can do to propel you that day that you're really not feeling it, not feeling like you're achieving those things. And uh, yeah, and there you are. You're actually much further or much closer story than, than you thought. So I, I think that's a good one too. Oh, for sure. So I know we touched on it a little bit, but I'd like to know, so there are situations where things happen that are out of control, that are out of your control, something breaking, equipment breaking down, not enough equipment for people to come in on a busy day. Somebody signed up for class and there's no room and they can't, they've come in after work and they don't have any room in your class. They're trying to get a towel and people, and there's not enough towels. Things are going to be, towels going to be washed. So you have to tell them that you'll bring them a towel and they're annoyed. So how do you as a leader focus on circle of influence in situations like that, where things are just out of your control and there's nothing that you can do about it? Well, I think I've been thinking about my people. So if I've done a really good job at leading by example, so I'll say if a situation like that has happened, so say you're dealing with um, a difficult uh, client situation like that, as a leader, you take the forefront. And even if it might be cliche to say, you use that empathy, putting yourself in that person's shoes and really empathizing with them in that situation that they're going through, whether it's, yeah, towels, fitness class, maybe they're just having a rough day and they're coming in mm-hmm. and they're maybe being difficult at the front with, with an associate. So I, I feel like if I have done a good job at leading by example, showing my people how I would handle that in my, in the best, my best way, my 10 out of 10, I guess, I feel like that then will empower them because then they'll have seen that the next time that situation happens, they're then going to be reminded of that. And I've had that example numerous times over the years, whether it be, you know, at work or in my personal life where people have said, yeah, I remember that time that you dealt with this situation and you were so calm, you empathized with the person, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, you were able to create a really incredible experience, even though maybe they didn't get essentially what they wanted, they get, they got seen and they got heard Mm -hmm. and people want to be seen and heard whether or not they get a service or they get a product or they get maybe the outcome. If they feel like you authentically listened to them and saw Mm -hmm. them in that moment, Mm -hmm. they are going to leave. Okay. They're going to be okay. They're going to be maybe not over overjoyed, but they're going to be okay with the situation. And they generally are more forgiving 
of maybe that service not being available or what have you. So I think just to recap, if I've done a good job as a leader of leading by example with those items and showing my people that they then are going to be empowered and they're not going to see it as overwhelming, stressful. Oh my goodness, I can't, I can't handle this. I need my manager to be here or even a client. If you've given them those tools, they're going to be able to manage things in their personal life as well using that and remembering that experience with you to then deal with the next steps. So I found that helped a lot over the years where people have come to me and said, I don't know how to deal with things. And I've said, come with me and I'll show you, I'll show you what I do and how I do it. And then we'll let you attempt to do it the next time. And I feel like I don't have to sit down with them after that and have any more conversations, not every time, but Lots of times they're able to pick up on that because generally the people that uh, you have in your close-knit circle are people that also have those strong people skills and they have empathy and such. So I I hope that Mm -hmm. it gives a little bit of clarity. That's the answer to your question, but that would be my best explanation of how I've been able to impact it. Yeah, absolutely. I, I love that answer. I would only add that as a leader, I love using empathy, but I've also learned through my experience as a leader, you're using empathy, but I found a key thing is to not say that you fully understand what they're going through their situation. Because for me, it could be about, oh, I I showed up at the gym and I didn't have a towel. It may not be about that. It may be that they had a bad day at work. They had a bad situation with their boss. They had a bad situation at home. So it could be anything. So I never say I fully understand. I use the word empathize. I empathize with you. And let's see what we can do to help you out here. Let's see if we can solve this situation. But when you say you fully understand, you're just opening up a can of worms there. And you're just looking for trouble. Yes. No, I agree. Because you can never fully understand anything anyone might be going through. I think it's, again, like I said, letting them know that they've been seen and they've been heard. So maybe they need a little little moment to chat about it. Or maybe, maybe just knowing that you're there and supportive, even though, like I said, they're not getting maybe what they want in the moment, but they're able to voice that, uh, with you and have you listen fully to them because a lot of times you see it in especially in customer service you've dealt with so many people that day someone else is coming in they're upset about something you don't you can't give them what they're looking for and you dismiss them and I think that's Mm. uh, that is definitely something that we need to remind ourselves that we would never want to feel ourselves if we were on the other side of it so yeah as a leader I think it's important to teach your people that uh, somebody that you're dealing with five needs to be treated the same way that people coming in at eight o'clock in the morning. So it's hard. Sometimes you have a day where things get ahead of you. You are, I use the word frustrated. I agree with you 100% as far as the word toxic. It's not one of my favorite words at all. So I've avoided using it. So I just say being in an environment that's unhealthy. Yeah. I think that's going on and somebody comes in and you're feeling like, you're not going to be your best than just reminding yourself that, Hey, I, I have to remember that I have to be the same way that I was with the people that I was dealing with at eight o'clock in the morning. 
Yeah, no, exactly. And I think that another piece to that is if for sure you've got stuff going on and you're not going to be your best, it's communicating it and being vulnerable enough to say, hey, I think somebody else should step in place because I know I'm not going to be my best in this situation and I'm not going to give whomever the best experience. And I always, I'm always okay with that. And I think that's a fair statement and lets your people know that you see them too and you understand or you at least empathize with them and then somebody else can take their place in that moment. And I think that's also that Mm -hmm. trust and respect with your leader or your manager. So absolutely. Uh, If you could choose one word to describe yourself, what word would that be? Oh, can I use a whole bunch of words? (laughs) If you have more more than one word, that's okay. That's okay. Oh, I guess I'm trying to think of one really good word, but so many words that, oh, I know it sounds bad, doesn't it? I shouldn't say so many words, but (laughs) they're like, the audience probably, oh my goodness, this girl, she's full of herself. But no, no, but I guess it's... I, I want to say, I want to go back to what I said at the beginning. It's advocate for the people. I think that, I know that's a couple words, but I think it sums up me. If someone were to ask me, I'd be like, that's good. I'll use mm-hmm. that. That definitely sums up uh, mm-hmm. a little bit about me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. From my dealings with you, I would definitely agree with you 100%. You were an advocate of the people you were an advocate for me from the first five minutes of our conversation. So I totally agree with you 100% on that one. Yeah, another check in the box. Yes, another <laughs> check in the box for you. Any final thoughts today? I just want to thank you because I've definitely for quite a while really wanted to be part of something where I felt that I could make a really big impact or a big influence or at least share share some of the knowledge and some of my experience if I felt like it could help other people. And I really feel like you've given me um, that forum to be able to do that today. I know it's just one hour, but I I feel like if it makes a difference or someone hears this um, and is able to, they're able to have a takeaway or it's able to impact them a little bit, um, it's done its job. And I just wanted to say, I really appreciate that. I'm really grateful that you started this in the first place. We've already talked about that. And really, I think it's just such an amazing idea that you put to life. And I just want to say thank you for letting me be on here today and share a little bit about my experience and hopefully help somebody or impact somebody out there. I definitely think that it will. Like I said before, I thought right from the get-go that when we first talked that uh, you were an advocate for me, you showed you were an advocate for the people. Uh, I really thought that this was a fantastic um, conversation. So I want to thank you for joining me today. I think that you were the perfect person to talk about this topic with. I think you brought some great things uh, to life. I think you are uh, an inspirational, thought-provoking person. And I admire the things that you are doing for yourself and for your team to show that you're gaining respect and you're showing your caring compassion and your vulnerability to them so uh, I totally honor that and respect that so thank you very much you're welcome anytime so on behalf of myself and my guest Alicia I would like to thank you all for taking the time to listen to our episode today and until next time Be safe and remember everyone that if we all work together, we can accomplish anything.
You have been listening to Let's Be Diverse with Andrew Stout. To stay up to date with future content, hit subscribe 